Well, today we're ending our series we've called Overwhelmed. And uh, this series has struck a nerve and connected with so many different people. Um, we talked about being overwhelmed by discouragement, overwhelmed by life, by failure, by fear. Last week we talked about being underwhelmed by Jesus. If you missed any of those, you can catch it on our podcast. I, I hope you will. Um, the, the guiding thought of this series is this. You don't have to be overwhelmed by anything because Jesus has overcome everything. Now today, we're going to talk about being overwhelmed by family. I can remember when I was in college, I took a class called Marriage and Family. And our teacher on the first day said something that I've never forgotten after all these years. He said, the greatest joy you'll know in life will come from your family. And then he said, the greatest pain you'll know in your life will come from your family. And boy, isn't that the truth? That's absolutely the truth. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by those closest to you, you're not alone. You love them, but couldn't you just strangle them sometime? Right? Couldn't you just hold them till their eyes pop out? Yes, yes you could. So why do we get overwhelmed in our relationships? Well, there's a story in Scripture that talks a little bit about it. There are two sisters, two ladies, who happen to be sisters who have some tension. Luke chapter 10, 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now I want you to uh, zero in on the phrase, opened her home to him. Why do we get overwhelmed in relationships? Number one, sometimes we're overwhelmed because we overdo. Maybe, maybe she, you know, overcommitted. I don't know. Do you ever say yes when you should say no? You ever do that? I've had to learn through many painful trials that no's not always a bad answer. I have drugged my family through things, and we get there, and they look at me, and they say, why are we here? What have you done to us? And I say, I'm so sorry. I just didn't know how to say no. <laughs> we have no indication that uh, anybody asked Martha, hey, can we use your house? She just volunteered as far as we know, and maybe she shouldn't have. You know, have you ever had one of those times where you volunteer something and then you say, why did I do that? You, know, you say, hey, why don't you all come over? And then you work for like two days to clean your house and by the time they get there, you're so tired you can't wait till they leave. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, this was dumb. Why did we do this? Yeah, yeah everybody knows that feeling. To be fair though, to Martha, this wasn't just any guest. Like this isn't just, you know, somebody she sees all the time. How often do you have the opportunity to have Jesus walk into your house, sit in your living room, and eat at your table? This is Jesus. Which may have caused another problem. Maybe she didn't overdo by overscheduling. Maybe she overdid it trying to do too much with the food and the hospitality. You have any people like that here? If you're going to have a party, you're going to have a party. We might only have one every 10 years, but it's going to end parties, you know. I mean, we're going over the top. 
Sometimes we're overwhelmed because we overdo because we put more effort into something than we should. I can remember the first couple years Stacy and I were married. We we're going to have this couple over from the church. And we lived in Florida, which means you only get to use your fireplace about three days a year. And it was one of those days. And we had a real one. And I just grew up with like a like gas heat. I didn't know anything about it. So I thought, that's awesome. Fire inside, you know. So, so uh, it's just cool enough that I made a little fire in the fireplace. And I, I don't know how you are. I'm one of those people, if, if something's good, then more's got to be better, right? If fire's good, more fire's got to be better. So I grabbed the biggest log I could find, and I jammed it in the fireplace. And here in a little while, black smoke starts curling up out of the fireplace and starts to stain the mantle because the flames are lapping up outside the brick. And, you know, we've done cleaned our house and got everything ready, and, and now it's like 15 minutes till they get there, and I got, like, smoke alarms going off out of my fireplace. And I'm thinking, do I drag a water? I mean, I can't get the log out. You can't get it out. I can drag a water hose in there? What do I do? So we start opening all the windows and fanning, you know, and then here they come, and it's like, you know, the London fog had rolled in, and we're sitting there eating dinner in the fog. Anybody else like me? More's better. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because we overdo. I don't know if that's what happened to Martha, but I know she couldn't have had a more important guest. And I know human tendency, but I don't know if that's what happened to her or not. Number two, sometimes we're overwhelmed because we overfocus. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, before we go any further in the story, can, can, we, just, can we just point out one of the obvious tensions in this story? There was conflict between two women who happened to be sisters. Now, how many of you know there's no drama like girl drama? Right? You had not been to a fight till you've been to a girl fight. Right? Come on. I know it's Mother's Day, right? But look, the boys can have a fight, and next week they'll be out playing ball together. The girls have a fight. They are not going to be out hanging out next week. People are going to get blocked on their cell phone. Comments are going to be made on Facebook anonymously about how people, some people get on my nerves. And the calendar is going to be planned out a month in advance. Well, if she's going to be there, then I'm not going. And then friends are going to be turned against other friends. How many even know what I'm talking about? Right? I mean, this is, this is, we need to acknowledge that this tension is here. We can't overlook it. Like I said, the greatest pain is going to come from those closest to you. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted. Now, that, now that's a key phrase. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Uh, let me explain what this word distracted means. It's another way of saying her priorities were out of order. Uh, how many of you um, grew up eating Sunday? In the South, I never got this. We call lunch dinner. You know, Sunday dinner, which is at noon. How many of you grew up eating Sunday dinner with family? How many of you grew up that way? You, a lot of you, yeah? I grew up that way. We, we had, how many of you ate roast beef? Any of you eat roast beef? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Because I, I didn't know if it was just us. I, I can't tell. We would go over to my grandmother's house after church, 
And I can still tell you what we ate because we ate most Sunday lunches there and we ate the same thing every week and it was awesome. My grandmother had perfected this meal across generations, I think, and she wasn't changing it. And we ate roast beef and green beans and macaroni and cheese. Come on, everybody in the South knows that's a vegetable. Macaroni and cheese. And I'm not talking about that nasty stuff out of the box with that powdered cheese. I'm talking about layered, big old fat macaroni noodles with, with blocks of cheese shaved off, layered across there like lasagna with a lot of black pepper. Anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're getting it. And mashed potatoes and dark brown gravy. Dark roast beef gravy in that little ceramic giblet thing. You know, they bring it in, pour it out on everything. Dinner rolls. How many of you know what we had to drink? Yes, we have Southerners in the house. Sweet tea. I mean, it knocked the enamel off your teeth. And, and chocolate pie. And it was absolutely, like I could still taste it. It was incredible. And my grandmother used to stand in the doorway between the kitchen and the dining room. And there was always some combination of relatives there. It might be, you know, as the years went by, it might be five or six uh, on, the, on the bigger years, it, it could have been 10 or 12 or 15 people. You know, people eating outside, people eating wherever they could find. And uh, we would look at my grandmother standing in the doorway. Somebody would notice. I, I can't remember how many times this happened. And we'd say, hey, when, when are you going to come sit down and eat? Why don't you come join us? And she'd always, you know, we had one say, she would always whisper. You know, and you'd say, what, is it, what are you doing? What's wrong? And so somebody go over and ask her, you know, what's wrong? And I can remember this happening over and over. I can't eat right now. I'm too stressed. Why, why are you stressed? But, you know, just getting everything ready. You just get so, you know, worked up. And she'd sit and miss the meal. And I'd think, well, that's the best part of the whole day. It's the meal, you know? And so, and so we'd say, well, okay, pass the gravy. You know, she's not coming. I mean, we're going to eat, right? I mean, the show's got to go on. Somebody's got to keep this party going. And I used to think, man, you missed the best part. Of course, I wasn't the one that cooked for the last two days. You know what I mean? And then ran home like my car was on fire to try to hurry and get everything heated up so everybody could eat. Was Martha, was Martha wrong to be concerned about preparing the food and hospitality? No. No, she wasn't wrong. But she was over-focused. And over-focused became overwhelmed. By the way, that's what over-focused means. It means overwhelmed. She got locked in on the meal so tight, she missed the point that there were people in her house. In her house, the fellowship was eternal. The food was not. And she kind of got that crossed up. She was overwhelmed because she was distracted. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because we overdo. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because we overfocus. Number three, sometimes when we're overwhelmed, we overwork our relationships. Verse 40, let's read it again. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? <laughs> now, now she's attacking Jesus. <laughs> You're like, what did I do? I came to save the world. I mean, you know, get off me. 
Lord, don't you care? You uncaring God, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by her? If you would have cared, you'd already charred her face off. Look, look at this, look at this. Tell her to help me. You see her face is wired up. She's stressed. Martha's complaining to Jesus, but something tells me she's doing it in a way her sister can hear her. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You ever have somebody stand right beside you and make eye contact with someone else and complain about you? And she got her hands on her hips, I guarantee it. Jesus. You know, Mary's right there. She won't look at her. She's not making eye contact with her. She's bawling Mary out, but she's talking to Jesus. Now she's bossing Jesus around. How many, how many of you get bossy when you get stressed? Oh, no hands went up. Yeah, that's a little... Uh, I don't really know how... I, I saw some of your spouses propping your hand up. You know what I mean? How, how do you get bossy when you get stressed? And, and, and let me ask this question. Who are you most likely to take your stress out on when you're overwhelmed? Those closest to you. You know why? Because the greatest pains of your life will come from those closest to you. And when we get overwhelmed, we start putting pressure on our relationships. Like gravity, we pull people into our chaos and it causes tension. Now why is she bossing Jesus around? Like, it makes no logical sense. Because she's overwhelmed. Why is she overwhelmed? Because she's distracted. What does it mean to be distracted? She got her priorities out of order. So here's the thought. We usually get overwhelmed with our family when we're overwhelmed with ourselves. The truth is, you really can't control what anybody else does. Not ultimately. That's why the best place to look when you're overwhelmed with your family is inside your own heart. Look at what Jesus said to Martha. Verse 41. <laughs> you just kind of see Jesus going, you know, why don't you just chill out a little bit? Why don't, you do, why don't you take your hands off your hip, quit shaking your finger, and why don't you just pepper down? Martha. Martha. Twice, right? Martha, one's for attention, the other one's for Martha. The Lord answered, you, you are worried and upset about me. Where did he go? He went straight inside her heart. Let's be honest for a minute. This isn't about Mary, is it? This is about you. You are upset and worried. You're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taking, taken away from her. I don't know if you're keeping score. Mary won, Martha zero. The point is not that Mary overcame her stress because she sat at Jesus' feet and Martha didn't. Mary didn't sit at Jesus' feet because she was overwhelmed. She was not overwhelmed because she sat at Jesus' feet. Now, when we sit at Jesus' feet, our relationships go better. 
We keep our priorities in order. We don't overdo. We don't overcommit. We don't overwork our relationships. The place that you will learn to love people more is not by being around people more. Because let's just be honest for a minute. There's some people that just aren't easy to love. You're not going to grow in love just by hanging out with them. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you're going to love people and the better your relationships are going to be. 1 John 4, 7, and 8, listen to this. This is so rich. I wish we had more time just to spend on these two verses. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from where? Where does it? It comes from God. So you're not going to get it by hanging out with difficult people. You're not going to get it just by hanging around and trying to resolve everything. Everyone who loves has been born of God and what? Knows God. How do you get to know God? Sitting at Jesus' feet. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You, 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 can't, you can't go to the, you know, you can't go to the food store and get hardware. You gotta go to the hardware store to get hardware. You've got to go to the source to get love. God is love. That's where you're going to get it. And that will help all your relationships. If you want to love people more, sit at Jesus' feet. Martha was so distracted by getting everything done, she missed the fact that Jesus was in her house. Do you know that Jesus is in your house? Or have you been too distracted to realize it? He's there waiting, calling, whispering, longing for you to come to him and sit at his feet, eager to teach you his ways. He's in your house. Jesus said, Mary chose what was better. Have you chosen what's better? Are you choosing pressure and stress and anxiety and overcommitment and overdue and overwhelming? Are you choosing what's better? Now, you remember Mary and Martha were sisters, but Mary and Martha also had a brother. Most of you have probably heard of him. His name was Lazarus. Lazarus got very sick, and they called for Jesus to come and heal him. But Jesus didn't get there early enough, and Lazarus died. And when Jesus arrived, it's interesting how the two sisters responded to him. This is after this scene at Martha's house. This is into the future. They, they, they know Jesus, they fellowship with him, they've eaten meals in people's house with him, they've got a close enough relationship that they, they feel like they have the relational capital that when their brother's dying, does somebody go get him? And so they went and got him. In John eleven twenty 20 though, it says what happens, Lazarus, their brother's already dead, and now here comes Jesus, verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, that's a role reversal, isn't it? Martha moves toward Jesus. Mary stays home. Verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus. And she got, this time, only one hand on her hip. And and she's pointing at him with a nub, not a full finger. And she's saying, if you'd have been here, you're still wanting to order him around. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You ever, you ever have somebody look at you, where have you been? What's that on your face? 
Clean your shoes off. Watch this, though. Watch this. Watch verse 22. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Are, are you kidding me? Did she just say what I thought she said? Did she actually just say that even though her brother is dead, she believes that Jesus can still heal him and that if Jesus asks his father that God has the power to raise her brother from the dead, did she just say that? What incredible faith! Now, Now remember where her sister Mary is? She's still at home. Now who's distracted? Martha won... Mary zero. So many times we hear this story about these two sisters and we we tend to categorize people, Martha bad, Mary good. I got it. Can I just tell you life's not that clean? The point is, just because you sometimes get it wrong doesn't mean that you'll always get it wrong. Thank God you won't always get it wrong. Martha is at one point in her life distracted. Her priorities are out of order. She's overwhelmed. She's bossing Jesus around. And here she is at another time, probably the lowest point of her life. Her brother has just died. And she's moving toward Jesus in great faith. She's not distracted. This time she's very aware that Jesus is in her house. What a miracle i got good news for you today. It really doesn't matter how many times you've gotten it wrong. You can get it right now. (laughs) And that's really what matters today, isn't it? That you and I have the opportunity to get it right now. Isn't that what Lamentations chapter 3 says? Lord, your mercy is new every morning. Thank God. I'm going to ask our, um, our worship team to come, and I want to take a few minutes as we sort of round this service out to have some prayer time. So I want to ask if you'd stand with me, and, and I would like for every, every lady in the room, every girl, every female of any age, would you, would you come? We want to honor you today. Would you come and and join me here at the front? And we want to have a special prayer time for you. Would you come now? Every lady, come on. We want to to honor you and welcome you today. Pray today has been a day. You'll have to to keep kind of going out to the edge. It's going to take, and pressing in as close as you can. Hey, make some friends, okay? (laughs) Sorry. Make some friends. Yeah, in the balcony, would you, would you please come? I, there's probably some room back here if you guys want to keep scooting around. W- would you all keep shifting to the side, please? Those of you who are kind of second and third layer in, there's uh, folks coming down the aisle that can't quite get to where you are. Yeah. Yeah, come on. From the balcony. Good, we'll wait for you. You know, as I'm looking out at the guys that are left, this is what our church would be without them.
Can I just say we've had better days? <laughs> That'd be kind of rough, wouldn't it? I love what Jeremy said when he was leading worship. When we honor you, we honor God. Because God gave you to us. And there's some special part of God that we just can't see through men. We can only see through women. And you are, you are the revelation of God. You are the revelation of God to this church, to your community, to your husband, to your children, to those around you. You are the revelation of God. And there's part of God we can only see through you. And so we want to honor you today. We want to honor that part of God in you because it's special. Unfortunately, around the world and world history, women are oftentimes mistreated and taken advantage of. But Kingwood Church must be a place where women are honored and lifted up. Because when we honor you, we honor God. And that's what we came to do today. So this morning, I, I, I was praying last night and asking the Lord how I might pray for you. And so today, what I want to do is I just want to pray a, a prayer of blessing over pray a prayer of covering a prayer of strength and life over you and um, this is your day whether you're a mom or not this is your day and so today I don't want you to do anything I just want you to receive okay so if you want to if you have room maybe you're you're packed in there pretty tight if you have room you can open your hands if you don't you can just receive but would you close your eyes everybody in the house I just want to pray a special prayer over you today. And um, to all the special ladies here, I just want to ask you to receive. You don't have to give. You don't have to do anything. Just receive. I pray today that God's forgiveness would be so strong on you that you can forgive yourself for anything that you've done that you've not found peace with yet. I pray that God's grace would give you strength today if you're feeling weak. And I pray that God would replace your doubts with strong faith. And He would either give you the answer to the questions that you have or He would give you the faith to believe Him even when the answers can't be found. I pray today that God would drown your anxiety and drown your fear in a supernatural overwhelming peace the peace that passes all understanding Philippians calls it and I pray today that God would satisfy you with joy joy that comes from sitting at his feet joy that comes from knowing him joy that lets you smile even in difficult times a joy that comes from within and is not dependent upon things around you I pray for God's mercy for those of you who have lost who've lost loved ones who've lost children who've lost parents who've lost moms who've lost dads who maybe your relatives are living but they never filled the role they were supposed to fill and on a day like today you feel lost 
But I pray today God's mercy will help you grieve what you've lost and you might be healed. You might be whole. I speak over you today that you have everything you need in Christ Jesus to be the woman of God He called you to be regardless of what your circumstances are. Regardless of what you should have or should not have, your parents should have done or should not have done, you have everything in Jesus to be a mighty woman of God. We speak that over you today. I pray protection over those of you who are vulnerable. Those of you who are emotionally, physically, mentally, maybe life circumstances have left you vulnerable. I pray God's protection over you and His provision in your life. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. And I pray God's power in your life to break every bondage, every compulsive behavior and addictive behavior and everything that entraps you and enslaves you. I pray God's power would be present this morning and in the days to come to break the bondages and heal every wound in your soul that you might be courageous and brave and free and strong. And today, I pray that you would hear God's voice telling you that you are His dearly beloved daughter. Now, woman of God, would you just you just say this out loud today I receive Lord we thank you for your grace and mercy your power and strength in this place I want to ask every guy in the room would you just celebrate these ladies and let them know how much we love them and how much they need to we bless you guys today love you.